everyone, and welcome along once again to what I would call uh, the internet's, not even the internet's, the world's greatest podcast about Borat. Um, This is Borat Club, where every week I, Niall, am joined by my good friend Ryan. Hello. And we talk about the movie Borat. Uh, after we watch it, and Ryan, we have just completed our seventh viewing of uh, the hit film, the Oscar-nominated 2006 classic uh, Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a pretty interesting watch, I want to say. This was a very interesting watch. At the beginning of this, I think we were fairly excited. We had taken, uh, to fully peek behind the curtain here, we had taken a week off because I was out of town. And we were coming back with kind of a set of fresh eyes on this movie. I, I was so bold as to even say that it felt novel returning to this film after having had a week off to sort of sit with myself and mm-hmm. digest Borat, I would say. Vorat, if you will, since I was digesting him. Mm. Now, yeah. to further to further this, both of us started cackling and kind of giggling a bit as soon as the opening titles began. The movie cuts from 20th Century Fox logo to a fictitious logo for, I suppose, the Kazakhstan Board of Information, then immediately this female voice comes in on the soundtrack doing... It's not throat singing. I don't really know how I would describe it. But it is kind of that... um, It is kind of that, I guess, Central Asian, Eastern European, Middle Eastern sort of nebulous version of vocals where she's coming out going like, like kind of, you know, that, um, that very, very impassioned sort of vocal style. And we both immediately started cracking up because, you know, we were here, we were in it. It was Borat. Uh, it was very good to come back to after a week. And then somewhere across the viewing experience of number seven, lucky number seven, I think it all kind of began to fall apart. And since I didn't, I didn't really take any notes. I took, I took exactly two notes this week. I would kind of like to dissect, uh, a postmortem viewing number seven of Borat Club. What went wrong? What went wrong here, Niall? Let's not, let's not be depressing like we were in episode five. Let's pick this apart and figure out what was the gum in the gears, so to speak, of this viewing of our favorite Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I think, um, like, I think the week that we missed had a big, um, you know, influence on why it sort of fell apart about halfway through for us. Um, okay. You know, like, for me personally, you know, it's, it's, uh, what date is it? It's like the, it's just turned the 26th of October when we're recording this here where I am. And like the nights are getting cold, you know, it's dipping below freezing here. And, you know, coming back to Borat initially for me was like, oh, it's like a comforting, warm blanket, you know, familiar and, <laughs> and just, you know, so- something to, you know, just get comfy with and ease into on a cold Friday night, Saturday morning. And, uh, very quickly, it went from this kind of giddiness that you were talking about. And it just like, I think it, I think like we were, we were, we were around the part of like where they get to the bed and breakfast, I want to say, when like, we, yes. we both kind of just like at the same time were like, this is really starting to drag this week. This is the first time, even on episode five, we have put our money with our mouth is on this podcast said that Borat is not that hard to sit through. Right. This is the first time where we have kind of proverbially, proverbably, how would you pronounce that? Proverbially, proverbially, proverbially gave each other a look because right. it felt like this movie had been going for two hours by the time we got to the bed and breakfast. Scene. Yeah. And it's, it's like interesting. Cause like, 
when we first kind of mutually acknowledged that it was starting to drag a little bit, um, I, one of us, I think, I think it might have been me, uh, but one of us anyway vocalized that, yeah, it feels a little bit long this week, but it's still, you know, not bad and it's still easy enough. And I feel like by about 20 minutes later, we were both just like ready for it to be over with because it was just, you know, it, I, I think what it might be is I think we might have broken on this watch. I think this is the watch maybe potentially where, maybe. where we can no maybe. longer like fool ourselves into thinking that this is going to be easy or not like taxing. And I mean, things also kind of went slightly awry because, you know, we were supposed to have our first guest on this week, but certain things got kind of changed scheduling wise. And both of the people we kind of had lined up wound up having to sub in on another podcast um, recording that was going on at the same time and Ryan was only available tonight so we kind of had to get this done now uh, I'm going to go see Blair Witch in a theater tomorrow not the remake the original Blair right. Witch Project yeah, yeah. which I would argue is a scary movie but sure. not as terrifying as our seventh watch of the film Borat yeah but like I, I think what I'm trying to vocalize here is that we had an anticipation that we were going to be joined by somebody and I think that probably also subconsciously fed into it dragging at a certain point. Because I think today, anyway, when I woke up, uh, you know, and I was thinking about, okay, I have to do this tonight. You know, I, I was mentally preparing to be watching it with somebody else as well as you. And yes, like, yes. I think there's kind of, there was kind of a little disappointment there that maybe fed into it for me at least maybe for you as well I can't speak for you obviously but like I feel I like was that really was really excited to get a third person on this podcast yeah. I was fairly thrilled about it I think next week will we be have to. better we have to we, have, we to. have to yeah I think potentially in the future we would be able to go back to just doing it with only the two of us. Yeah. But it would have to be after an extended period where we have a third person, preferably someone who has not seen this movie or has not seen it in a long time, which right. I will say right out the gate, I do think those are the only two modes of Borat experience yes. in yes. the world these days. You have either never seen Borat or you have n not seen it in a while. Maybe there, maybe there are some real Borat heads out there, some real Sasha Baron Cohen fucked freaks who are watching this movie once, maybe twice a year. Mm -hmm. That would be bananas to me. I, if you are out there, <laughs> I, I fear <laughs> and I respect you. Yeah, but I, th I think there's also because there's a, there's a third or maybe fourth person if you want to take those um, Sasha Baron Cohen fans into account here. When we watched it for the first time, we had a friend with us who was watching it sort of like as he was messing around with like emulators and shit. Um, so yes. like, we had somebody who absorbed like the movie through osmosis without really watching it, but kind of listening to what was going on. Um, who I don't know if he's ever seen Borat before, but like he came out of not even watching it, just like hearing it in the background going, I don't want to be on the show for like months. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I will say yeah. of, of like the two people we have definitely 100% gotten to agree to come on. Uh, one of them has never seen Borat at all. Um, mm -hmm. That was the person we were going to have on this week. Uh, I don't know if we'll have her on next week or we'll have the other guest on and have her on the week after. I believe the other guest has not seen it in many years, but has seen it. Okay. Um, okay. So that'll be two more, you know, interesting perspectives to get like from our guests. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, like I, I, I think the point where. We both totally, completely lost it was the, um, like, antique store scene, because yes. you, you started talking about, like, um, how much you hated the scene to the point that you felt like you needed to be paid for it. Um, yes. And then, so... like, I buried my head in my hands at some point during that scene and just <laughs> let out, like, a deep sigh and had to collect myself, so, like... <laughs> the, the exact <laughs> words I used were that... I think the scene where he is in the antique store falling over himself and breaking things 
is so not funny that mm-hmm. it kind of loops around to the point where I actually feel like I am owed back for the time I have spent watching it on this podcast. <laughs> and I feel as though I should be leveling some sort of legal action against Sasha Baron Cohen in order to receive compensation for the amount of times I've had to watch that particular segment of the 2006 film Borat. Yeah, I think we've kind of vocalized this idea before, but it's very much like the most sort of telegraphed and like seen in the movie from the beginning. And like, it's kind of just like, you know, like it, it doesn't even work the first time you see it. You know, and, uh-huh. and like, I think now I, I will say it did work the first time I saw it. I will say that much. But the more you watch that, the the more you just kind of see it. And the more you see it, the less funny it becomes, right. I think. So I don't really have a lot to say about the movie itself. I'll be completely honest. This week, this week was fairly sparse for me in that regard. But there is one big thing that I would feel fairly upset about if we did not address on this episode of All the right. film Borat. So as as you are wont to do, and I don't mean you in particular, just you in the <laughs> general sense of you, I decided that during one of the lulls, I would pull out my phone to, of course, do a podcast-related bit, and I would check the IMDb trivia page for the film Borat. Uh, the first thing that I'll mention is that allegedly the police were called on him 94 times over the filming of this movie, <laughs> which take that as you will. But the more important thing that I'd like to address here is where the credit of directorship falls for the film Borat. Right. Now, we've discussed this before. We have discussed the man, Larry Charles, who receives the directing credit on the Wikipedia page about my theory that Larry Charles is actually a pseudonym for Wes Anderson, who clearly was on production design for this film. But, that being said, apparently Larry Charles was not the only director involved with the production of this film. Now, this is this is truly some kind of cosmic Ouroboros, I would say. Some sort of devilish punishment from the realms of hell... But the original director for the film Borat, who was on set until the filming of the kind of iconic rodeo scene, after which he left due to creative differences, the original director of this film was none other than the auteur behind the hit film of 2019, Joker. That's right. Todd fucking Phillips was the original director who worked on the majority of Borat. I would say, if they filmed this in chronological order, Todd Phillips was responsible for roughly half of this movie being behind the director's chair. Not only that, but he was also nominated for an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for the film Borat. Yeah. I cannot fucking believe this. I I, I am beside myself. Yeah, I I think like, you know, after we after we discovered that he had been associated with the movie, and then we discovered that this movie had, you know, received a like Oscar nomination, we were stunned. And then we looked into it more. And this movie was also nominated for Golden Globe Awards. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen won a Golden Globe for this movie. He, he, like, I think it was, like, the L.A. Film Critics Association or something, like, tied him with Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland for Best Actor in General. <laughs> and I, it's just, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it, it bears so much emphasis, I think. That this movie was the biggest thing on planet Earth. It really and was. And that's, that is what's so bananas about it to me, is that there are people who just don't even remember that this movie existed anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, 
you compare this to compare this to something that something else that was nominated for an Academy Award. Say, I don't know what what else came out in two thousand six that was at the Academy Awards. Let me um go ahead and do your bit, and I'll go ahead and look this up really quick. Yeah, just on what you were saying there, that there are people who like aren't aware of this movie existing at all. We got a tweet a couple of weeks ago um, from somebody, and they were uh, they didn't say where they were from in the tweet, but uh, they. We're talking about how they had listened to, I think it was episode three of Borat Club, and they were like stunned by the idea that Borat had been a thing because where they were from, oh yeah, it just oh, like yeah. hadn't like like come into the cultural consciousness at all. Um, based on our like listener numbers and stuff, uh, and like our like analytics on our podcast host, I'm gonna assume they're either Swedish or German because like that's everywhere like outside of like the U.S. and Canada and U.K. that listens. Um, but uh-huh. like the idea that this movie didn't ever even like get out of like the English speaking West is like wild to me because. I'm sh- like I know in America it was huge. Here in Ireland it was huge. I know in Canada it was huge. I like it came from Ali G, which was you know a British TV show and was huge in yeah. in Britain. So like the idea that you know as as close as somewhere like you know Germany or Sweden that like have pretty large English speaking populations, it just wasn't a thing. Uh-huh. You know, and, and again, I'm assuming where this person uh, that tweeted us was from, and I'm sorry if you're listening. If I'm getting, you know, where you're from wrong, I I I don't mean it in like any you know negative sense. It's just the idea that like they had never even heard of Borat until they like had seen it in like their local video store in like 2011 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think was what they said, and I, I was just blown away by that. Like, it's certainly really bizarre. I would love to get more input from people who are in other places of the world as to how Borat was received. I was going to make a point about the kind of comparison of Borat to the other Academy Award winning films from 2006, but as it turns out, 2006 was a pretty rough year for cinema, at least in terms of uh, what was was nominated for Academy Award. Best Picture nominees that year were Brokeback Mountain, Mm-hmm. Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, Munich, which I've never even heard of, oh. and then Crash, which won. Yeah, I, I was, ab- I was about those, to ask if that was Crash's year. Oh god! Out of all of those, I would say Brokeback Mountain is the only one that has anything like close to yeah. a to a sort of that has anything close to a standing kind of cultural impact. Now, I will also say, I will also say, I think that maybe Borat was not actually fully nominated, but may have been in talks, because Wikipedia lists the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay as Brokeback Mountain, which won. Right. Capote, The Constant Gardener, a History of Violence, very good movie. That's a David Cronenberg joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's really good. And then Munich again. Uh, Borat is not listed on here. But perhaps Borat was for 2005, maybe? May, uh, no, it would have been 2006. I think Borat would have been nominated for the... 2007 2007. You're right, you're right, you're right. Because it came Um, out in 2006. (laughs) So let me, let me, let me, let me redo this and list you the hot, hot films coming out in 2007, which I will say some of, I think, have held up a little bit better than what was 2006. So we have um, Babel, or maybe it's Babel. Okay, I don't think so. Tower of Babel. Um, Letters from Iwo Jima, which I've never seen. Little Miss Sunshine, okay, that's that's held up fairly well. The Queen, and then Best Picture winner, The Departed. <laughs> uh, oh which Martin God. Scorsese also won Best Director for, and that also won Best Adapted Screenplay. And of course, it was up... So, so this is what's really fucked up here. Okay, so the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay that year were The Departed, Borat, and then Little Children, which I've never heard of, 
notes on a scandal which I've never heard of, and fucking Children of Men, which somehow lost Best Adapted to The Departed? Are you kidding me? <laughs> God. You know... Oh, my God. Looking back the Academy on Awards, it... The Academy Awards fucking blow. <laughs> the only two... There are only two films... Now, there are only two <laughs> films nominated for Best Animated Feature this year. Uh-huh. Happy Feet and Monster House. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I misread. There was a third one. Are you ready for the third one? I'm so ready. Cars. Right. <laughs> you know which one won? Uh, I'm gonna assume Cars won. No, it was actually Happy Feet by okay. George Miller. Great. Also director of the uh, Mad Max franchise. Christ. God, like, 2006, like, that era of, like, 2005 to, like, 2008, culture was just really dead, huh? Like, it was just, like, <laughs> bad for us, like, at that point. It was, it was fairly grim. Like I said, the Academy Awards are bad in general because they are just a snapshot of the most blockbuster or blockbuster movies. Yeah. Now, if we go back a year, however, if we go to the 77th, which was in 2005, mm-hmm. oh wow, this is even worse. Oh, okay, Christ. tell me if you've tell me if you've heard of or seen any of these movies nominated for Best Picture. All right. The Aviator. I've I've heard of that. Yes. Finding Neverland. Uh, then there, then there's Ray. Ray, yeah, that was, um... I think the Ray Charles movie. Uh, yeah. And then Sideways. Sideways, that's, uh... Uh, Paul Giamatti, and he's drinking wine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that movie. I've heard, I've heard decent things about that movie. It's... And then, of course... It, sorry, it's what? It's, uh... <laughs> It's a, okay. It's it's a little. It's kind of Oscar baity and it's kind of up its own ass. Okay. It's not great. Like, okay. Okay. I do like Paul Giamatti. I do too. And then of course your best picture winner for the year two thousand four. Let me have Million it. Dollar Baby, uh, I've co-produced, seen that, yeah. directed, and scored by Clint Eastwood. I also that. starring Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So, like you said, a fairly rough year for culture all around. Yeah, I would say. A, a rough, uh, a rough decade, really. I would say the two thousands. And of course, our our three best animated for that year: The Incredibles, Shark Tale, and Shrek Two. Great, great. You know, <laughs> I I went to a Catholic uh, high school, and uh-huh. in religion class, uh, once uh, we watched the movie Crash, the Oscar-winning movie. Wow. Crash. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was shown to us in religion class. I'm not. You know I'm what? not sure what the point of doing that was, but whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, God, I don't know. So, I my final comment is that 2008 does pick up again. We, Great. We get a we get a win from uh uh, No Country for Old Men, and then There Will Be Blood was also nominated. All right. But, um, I will say the thing I hate most about Crash is that. It is also titled the same thing as the David Cronenberg film yeah. Crash, yeah. which is about people getting their getting their nut on over being in car crashes. Yeah. And so every time I try to go to a video store to find a DVD copy of the David Cronenberg film Crash, all I fucking find is Academy Award winner Crash <laughs> and not David Cronenberg Crash, which is makes it just fucking impossible to find that movie. I don't know if it's out of print or what. I've never been able to find a copy of David Cronenberg's Crash. If anybody out there listening knows where I can find a physical copy of the Cronenberg film Crash to help complete my Cronenberg collection, please let me know. Okay, thank God it's on Amazon now. $9.26. I will pay that just so I can finally fucking own a copy of Crash with James Spader and Holly Hunter, directed by the auteur David Cronenberg. Now, now, how about uh, that Borat? Um, I think we kind of got a little distracted there. Well, the only other thing I had to say about okay. Borat is that I think eventually we do need to pitch... And formulate a sequel to Borat called Borat 2. Yeah. I agree. The return of Borat. Yeah. Now, my question is, I know I know Sasha Baron Cohen retired the character of Borat, but did he actually physically kill him off in any way? Or no. did he just put him... So, it's interesting you bring this up, because uh, I was 
uh, talking to a mutual friend of ours the other day, and he was telling me about how YouTube had just recommended him uh, a video from, I think it was the Jimmy Kimmel show. It might have been Jimmy Fallon from, uh, from like the elections in the u.s last year uh where they were congressional elections were they senate elections whichever they were but uh yeah the the midterms but I they believe. had sasha baron cohen on the show and like jimmy kimmel is there sitting across from him and he was like now you know we got these elections coming up and uh you know we uh asked you if you could contact uh one of your friends to go and uh you know get the lay of the land as to how people are thinking and it cuts to him as borat standing in like a suburb somewhere and he's like you know doing his whole spiel about you know how he's gonna go get people to vote for the republican party for premier trump and uh-huh. like a- as it first cuts to him the crowd are like going nuts because they're like hell yeah fucking borat's back it's 2018 borat's back, and borat's back and as like like they keep the crowd reaction noise in as they're showing this clip it's like five minutes long and you can just hear the crowd go from fuck yeah borat's back to oh borat's back yeah oh oh no oh borat's back and it's just like it's really bad apparently he also brought him back in like 2015 to like Uh or, or like maybe for the 2016 election again to like try and get people to vote for trump which well, it certainly I think, worked, huh? I, I think says a lot about the uh, arrogance of the Democratic Party in 2016. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, like, so Borat is still occasionally trotted out there when Sasha Baron Cohen goes on these, like, late-night talk shows and that just bombs me the fuck out, man. I think Borat is one of those things that people think they want. Yes. People think they want more Borat. You pitch, you come up to someone and you're like, hey, they're bringing Borat back. They'll be like, hey, that's cool. Borat's fucking hilarious. It's so funny. But I guarantee you that person has not seen the film Borat since right. the year 2006. Yeah. I've, and I've compared Borat to Anchorman like plenty of times i think over these like seven Mm. episodes but i'll say it again he is just like anchorman people thought they wanted anchorman 2 and then anchorman 2 came out and people did not want anchorman 2 and i bet borat is (laughs) the exact same way it was so bad it was so bad i i i've seen now um now, I've seen Anchorman 1 enough to kind of tell you the plot beats of that film. Mm-hmm. I saw Anchorman 2 in theaters, and it was so bad, I think I just flushed it from my memory, to be totally honest. Right. That's a, that's another movie I would love for us to visit, Anchorman, and just kind of see how that holds up. Because that's something that I have a lot more fondness in my heart for than Borat. It's it's it was like kind of my comedic like high school movie, you know, sure. like that in the hangover. And so I think if we were to revisit those, I, I do wonder how my take on those and not just as, you know, this kind of consumer of media, but just as a human being, you know, your tastes grow, yeah. they change. And that's part of it. But also just to kind of date them, I suppose, see how they've just aged in a general sense. But unfortunately, the first thing that we have to work through is the litany of scary movie, epic movie, disaster movie. Yeah. yeah. That, that whole spiel. We because do. Borat, Borat is parodied in epic movie. And so we are, yes. we are required by law to experience it. Yeah, I believe he's like the, he's like the very last scene of epic movie, if I remember right. I, I think. know he, he does make an appearance in the final scene, but I think that he is also like peppered a bit throughout. Oh, okay. But like, I, I, I could be, I could be wrong. Right. I, I, I definitely, spoilers, I don't remember much about fucking epic movie. Um, but, <laughs> why not? But I, I do remember the visual of like that movie ending with him and his mankini and he's just like, says something and then everyone gets killed or something. I yeah, I, I think I think the the exact ending is that this this tells you how dated uh, how dated epic movie is. The cast of main characters comes out of the wardrobe to Narnia and Borat is standing there and he says something to the effect of congratulations you've reached your happy ending 
And then a giant wheel breaks through the wall and kills all the main characters. And Borat says not, and then he slaps his ass, and right. that's the that's the end of the movie. I think there's more to it in the director's cut, which involves the parody of Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka or something like that. Probably, but, yeah. God, just saying these words is giving me hives. Yeah. Just thinking about, <laughs> like you said, sort of the landscape of culture in the mid-aughts is so <laughs> distressing in so many ways. It really is. That... I think the I think the only thing that will be remembered from that kind of culture is going to be a lot like the eighties where it's sort of the most excessive, most ridiculous bullshit, you know? Yeah, it is. It's like, like it's already kind of like that. Like you you see I mean, for people like me, like there's been this huge wave of nostalgia like the past two or three years about like oh remember myspace remember when we used to have like bangs and we used to like listen to like <laughs> the used and like you know like i, I see like or when i still had like social media accounts i used to occasionally see like 16 year olds now being like oh man hot topic used to be so cool when i was a baby i wish i could have had it now like <laughs> you know like i feel like that's coming back in that like 2000s like computers aesthetic is kind of coming back as well like you know like kind of the way like five years ago like people were like big into like windows 95 shit now it's like windows xp shit that people are like nostalgic for but like yeah movies sucked video games sucked uh you know music even though i like it still sucks like like even like even i guess like pop music of the time sucks like who remembers like fucking like what was it? What was a big song in two thousand six? Like riding dirty. Let me let <laughs> me look it up on Wikipedia really quick. I'm gonna say that I think it's gonna be a lot like the revival of the eighties yeah, that we so. saw kind of in like the mid tens. Yeah, we are we are just twenty years ahead of the curve on this Borat podcast because I guarantee you, when twenty twenty six or twenty thirty six rolls around, people are gonna be horny for Borat again. That's when they're gonna bring Borat back. It's gonna be Son of Borat. It's going to be Borat 2. There's going to be a revival of that kind of fly-on-the-wall comedy. Okay, so I did just Google music in 2006. So right. we can kind of go through the hits. Sure. Uh, let me... Now I just... I, I hate this phone. Okay. So if we're just going in the order that Google presents it to me. Okay. We have Sexy Back by Jason Timberlake. Great. J- wait, what, Chasing- did you, what, what did you just call him? Did you just call him Jason Timberlake? No, I said by Justin Timberlake. Oh, I thought you said Jason Timberlake. No, that's the sequel, Jason Timberlake. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. When they, when they finally move beyond holographic technology and move into cloning technology, they will make Jason Timberlake, and he'll bring out Sexy Back Back, sure. the sequel. All right, Sexy what, Got Back. What, what else do we got? <laughs> so next is one that I definitely remember, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Oh, I... Uh, I I had to hear that like literally every single morning on the way to school because they're Irish. <laughs> that fucking song was on. Then at, we have mm. we have Danny California by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Sure. S- Smack that by Akon. I don't uh, remember n- that. N- <laughs> no, uh, Life is a Highway by Rascal Flatts. God. <laughs> Prom- Promiscuous by Nelly. Jesus. Ain't No Other Man, Christina Aguilera, Me and You by Cassie, no idea what that is. Oh, here's one I do remember, uh, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Yeah, I remember. Wow, that was 2006, jeez. I guess so. Moneymaker by Ludacris, Chain Hang Low by Jibs, uh, Unfaithful, Rihanna, Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer, remember that one. I do not. Uh, what Hurts the Most by Rascal Flatts. Okay, I'm going to stop because now this is just becoming, hey, remember 2006? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can, like, full Call this- Me When You're Sober by Evanescence. Wow, so I'm kind of surprised that they didn't front load these next couple ones. Okay. When when You Were Young by The Killers. Okay. Then then we have Breaking Free by Zac Efron from High School Musical. Sure. And then this is this is bananas to me that this was not within the first four. Welcome to the Black Parade by My yeah. Chemical Romance. In fact, I, I, I remember uh, the... Yeah, I know. I know we're gone completely off the topic of Borat, but I feel like that's the energy it's of this irrelevant. week. It's irrelevant. It's yeah, irrelevant. But like, yeah. I I remember 
at the time Welcome to the Black Parade came out, like, MySpace was in a fucking civil war uh, with all the emo kids because we were fighting over whether My Chemical Romance had sold out. Uh, people like me absolutely fucking hated that album and we were like oh you know why would you buy that the new like Senses Fail came out the new Aesthetic Lullaby came out <laughs> buy those instead like fuck My Chemical Romance they're in it for the money fuck Gerard Way and like mm-hmm. it, you know like it, and there was just flame wars all over the place Tom was probably stressing out about it probably kill the website anyway let's go back to Borat if we can at some point no no I love this I love that you have I love that you have this perspective on it because for me in 2006 I was I was 10 and or 11 that year right. so a few years younger than you I will say um, just to kind of bring it around for our final thing here I did I did go so far as to bring up the list of games in 2006 they were really bad Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There were actually a couple that that ha- I think have held up. Um, really? Okay. Not not a lot of them, but the first couple I see here are uh, Oblivion, the Elder Scrolls okay. game, All which right. which is not a good game, but I have a lot of fun with it. No, but it, it and it's revered and it's yeah, it's well liked still, and it's it's like it's still in the culture in some way. You know, people still know what yeah. that is. Did the Wii come yeah. out in two thousand six? I think it might have because we also have Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Okay, so yes, okay. Then um then like the first Gears of War, Call of Duty 3, then Hitman Blood Money, which I would argue is the best Hitman game aside from the newer ones. It's it's a really really good game. I, I Blood Money really holds one. up. Yeah. Uh Final Fantasy 12, the first Dead okay. Rising. Yeah. Bully Okami then of course a stone cold classic Lego Star Wars 2 the original trilogy I okay. definitely played the fuck out of that game in 2006 those those games were my shit uh, I also have uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories I don't know if that's any good the first Saint Rose uh, the Godfather game for the PS2 that game that game is actually good I will go on record by saying that the Godfather <laughs> game actually slaps I, I remember it being like better than it probably had any right to be. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not amazing, but it's a very, very good GTA. Like you know, that is just. It, it's so good because it literally just takes the plot of the first Godfather movie and just puts it into Grand Theft Auto, which is fucking incredible. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So culture. I think that this episode is just kind of setting the stage culturally for the year 2006, which is yeah, I, I, very I, critical when when considering Borat. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still like thinking about stuff now. Like I, I, that just came out in that time. I, I'm pretty sure that was like the height of To Catch a Predator. Um, <laughs> another another. Fuck, we have we we have to have we have to have a special episode about To Catch a Predator on this podcast, dude. Legitimately, I could talk about To Catch a Predator all day, every day, and to and like, I I was introduced to Catch a Predator in 2006 by a podcast that had just started in 2006 that I'm still listening to today. Jesus, so, people like, were podcasting in 2006. They were, they were like they just did their 751st episode, I think. So like there there uh, there are there is stuff from 2006 that's still like okay and good, um, but that's actually interesting. And I think about it that, that like to catch a predator was. Um, was like big at that point because Borat has a lot of jokes about pedophilia in it and yes, about it does. Borat being a pedophile, which I feel like is really interesting because y- you would think like 2006 was like very early meme culture. It was still largely confined to like 4chan, but you would, but like Chris Hansen was one of the first memes, <clears throat> right? So like, yeah, you yeah. Would, you why would, don't you take a seat over yeah, there? So you would think there would have been a lot more crossover of Borat Chris Hansen memes then I think there actually is like I huh. that's an in, like Interesting. I, I, I think I'm gonna have a look and see and see if we can find any like crossover there um I think I think that's a really good idea yeah is to, as a Borat to catch a predator crossover because Borat we talked about this at least on a couple episodes about Borat being a, a sex pest so I think it's I think it's valid yeah like and now to bring this back a little bit to the modern day speaking of Borat memes I've been looking at a lot of them um, and there, there, there has recently, uh, I've noticed, been a lot of memes on the internet. Like, and when I say recently, I mean like in the last couple of months. 
um, that uh-huh. that do the like la 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 la. You will never get this bit. You know that bit, that awful bit um, that he does. Yes. Um, yes. I saw one that was like. Like I, when I searched Borat on Twitter or whatever, like a few weeks ago, there was one that was like this weird, like, like conservative millennial meme about Joe Ooh. about Joe Biden, like, and that that like the sec like it was like a picture of Joe Biden subtitled saying something awful about and like about like how he wanted to be the president maybe or something, and then like under it was a second picture that was like Borat doing the la 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 you will never get this or whatever. Uh, a uf a UFC fighter Israel Adesanya who I think just recently became middleweight champion in the ufc i might he definitely won a title recently in the ufc he like tweeted a picture of i think one of his opponents of like him beating the shit out of an opponent or something with the la 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 you will never get this like i I think i think we actually retweeted that um like we probably did we probably did uh, that specific joke is like it's back in the culture somehow of all bits from the movie that you, that has made its comeback. Like we're bringing it back. We we have erected this podcast like a summoning circle, and as our SEO leaks out into the rest of the world, it creates subconscious, you know, subconscious connections, and then it becomes this kind of like big holistic interconnected web of of thoughts and memes, and it's basically exactly just like Metal Gear Solid Two, except with Borat memes. Yeah, you know? it's where where we where we have begun to control the information. And yeah. are now injecting Borat back into the cultural consciousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what that nightmare I was talking about a few weeks ago was. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's an omen. It's yeah, an omen. It's like, it's like my version of a Final Destination or whatever. It's, I, it is Lovecraftian. We have trespassed somewhere where no men were ever meant to go. We have sort of unearthed this sleeping darkness, I would say. And even though we just kind of popped the lid a bit, I think that we've sort of invoked him universally. I think I so. I would say. I think so. Where this is, this is a very small scale thing, but we're just one giant. Okay. It's, it's the butterfly this effect. Is the, oh, you know? Yeah. I, what I was going to say is that this is just one node on a much right. larger web that right. we have yet to see the scale of. I guarantee you within two years, something big is this is my twin peaks fire walk with me prediction Mm -hmm. something is going to happen something big is going to happen with borat within the next two years and if something hasn't if something has not happened with borat by october 25th 2021 and i am still on this podcast i will resign my post for guessing that incorrectly but i guarantee you Mark my words. Within two years, something big is going to happen with Borat. I I think that's a fair um, prediction to make. I I hope that if we are still doing this in two years, that doesn't prompt you to resign because I feel like, you know, at that point you're in it, uh, and it would just kind of be anticlimactic. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's coming back, man. He's he's. He, it's like the, it's it's the secret you know you put you put it you put it out into the universe and like it becomes manifest right like that's happening yeah. now to borat he's he's yeah. coming back someone who listens to this podcast is going to make an ironic sort of yo noi 2 or bubsy visits the james troll retrospective style game about borat and that's going to gain a whole bunch of traction and like set off this chain event of like you said, think pieces and and a kind of a revitalization of interest in Borat. I don't know. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but dude, 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 I feel uh, like like okay. What? what this podcast has spawned at least one other podcast about Borat. I know that for a fact because when I looked up, up Borat, I, I looked up like Borat podcast or something, and I saw somebody had tweeted like. And I, th- I think I told you this a few weeks ago. Somebody had tweeted, like, I'm about to record a podcast about Borat or whatever. And I looked at their profile and Oof. they were following us. So somebody has listened to this show and decided, I am also going to watch Borat and do an episode of my podcast about Borat. So, like, <laughs> thank thank you. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say to you if you're still listening. Um Mm-hmm. I guess I'm sorry. Like we're sorry is the best way, <laughs> the best thing we can say. But like, 
it's like this this is how it this is how it starts you know it's a snowball effect it, it you know you it's gonna it's it we're we're getting ready for an avalanche of borat <laughs> yeah i don't think i want to be anywhere near any sort of avalanche involving borat yeah i i i am terrified to see what happens but i think that I don't know. I don't think we have much else to say on this episode, so I, do you want to go ahead and wrap this one up, maybe? I, I have one thing to say. I did take a handful of notes, but there's one note okay, okay. I feel... Like, we can we can save most of these notes for next week, but there's one I really want to want to get to. Um, uh-huh. We have talked the last few times now about how we feel that scene where he's trying to buy the Hummer gets a little bit longer every time we see it. <laughs> and this time it happened again. Where after he asks about how hard he would have to, like, hit somebody to kill them, the guy says something along the lines of, you know, if if you hit them and they roll up onto the body, they might smash the windshield. And I'm just like, oh my god, more of it. Like, how how many more times do we have to see this scene before we have gotten everything out of it? I don't know. I I think this particular scene is sort of a Bermuda Triangle in a way yeah. where it's just, it's paced just at the perfect point that it's really easy to kind of like glance away or check your phone or, or kind of lose your focus during this particular beat of the film because right. it's very transitional. Right. So I think because of that, it's really easy to not necessarily pick up on everything that's being said. And so every time you forget things, you re-remember things, you notice new things and it just has a very odd magnetic effect where you can't quite grasp the entire scene all at once. And so you just sort of yeah. pick it up in pieces. And I feel like there's maybe one or two other scenes. I feel, I feel like the maybe part of the frat boy thing is like that too, where you feel as though you're constantly noticing new things yes. about it. Yeah. But, but you're right. This, this scene is so bizarre. I think I think next week I need to do sort of a scientific dissection of the Borat buys a car scene to see why this keeps occurring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really do. Okay, I think that's pretty much all. For I think this that's week. I think that's all I got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we barely talked about the movie at all, but who cares? Next week we will hopefully hopefully have a guest on for the first time we got it we got to get a run of them in soon because this is rapidly becoming unsustainable although i will say again you know we talked about the graph that one of our friends made was not as bad as he had predicted we did not reach like the depths of despair on this watch no we got pretty low it was it was you know it was okay it was it was okay It, 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 it was it felt long but it was manageable and survivable and that's really all you can ask for seven watches in okay if you would like to follow us on twitter you can do that at borat club if you have watched the movie Borat because of us. If you have thoughts on the movie Borat at all, just in general, you can hit if us. You have seen this, if you have seen this man in your dreams, yeah. if, you, if Borat is manifesting inside of your subconscious. Yeah, you can tweet us there at Borat Club. You can email us boratclubcast at gmail.com. We desperately desperately want to hear your thoughts as we get farther and farther uh into this we need something to fill the time of the show um ryan where can people find your other stuff uh people people can generally find me on twitter at sewer peak i'm trying to use uh twitter less and less because i think it's hazardous to both my physical and mental health Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i did have to go get (laughs) fitted for glasses this last week because i spend so much time working on computers and reading that i have those i kind of just have those grad student eyes you know sure uh i am not a grad student but perhaps i will be in the future you know what i mean i do a lot of i do a lot of reading and research and stuff on the computer uh, for my own personal edification but the point is is that using twitter i am sure has contributed to the gradual deterioration of my (laughs) eyesight so i will i will try to be using it less and less but the point here is that i also have a podcast called emoji drone where Andy Clare from Friends at the Table and I review a different emoji every week. It's very fun, very silly. 
at the time of recording, we just did the flying saucer emoji, and I'm working on getting that edited. Great. It's a good time. Yeah, good stuff. Can't so wait now, to hear how it. about you? Uh, yeah, yeah um, I'm not on Twitter anymore because it's not good for your health and like <laughs> legitimately like not having a personal Twitter anymore and not being on there all day is just, like my my mental health has improved tenfold in the past couple of months. Uh, but, good, uh, good. You can find my video game stuff at videogamechoochoo.com. We are gearing up now to get into like the weeds on game of the year season, and that's <laughs> it's it's gonna be like it's it's gonna be really really hard come December when I have to balance year end game of the year oh, content boy. with Borat yeah. Club. That's gonna kill me. But yeah. yeah, please support videogamechoochoo.com. We have It's a good site. Yeah, it is a good site and we'll be releasing like the finale, like the two-part finale of like the big tabletop side series we were doing soon. I've almost got it edited. It should be ready this weekend as time of recording. So it should be starting to come out by the time this is uh so I would love if people listened to that because we've we've put a lot of work into it. Anyway, videogamechoochoo.com. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. Thank you to the listener uh, for putting up with us talking about like how terrible culture was 15 years ago. I think it's important. We, yeah. we talk about this film sort of in a vacuum a lot, but yeah, I think it's good it to understand the kind of media that was coming out at that point. Right? Yeah, it is. It's 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 a it's a valuable uh, thing I think to know. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you come back next week. We really, really hope you come back next week. Um, <laughs> we, we, we don't want to do it for nothing. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you soon, Ryan. <laughs> see you soon, Niall. <laughs>